Hi, you're listening to the preaching and teaching ministry of Second Baptist Church Conway. These resources are not designed to take the place of a local church, but we hope they will encourage you on your journey with Christ. For more information about how you can connect with the Second Family, visit mysecond.family. Thanks for listening. And so I wanted to start that way and talk about foundations because that's what we're talking about this morning in our Colossians series. Paul's talking about um, establishing a, a foundation that is then built upon. We understand foundations are important, right? Jesus, he, he talked about that. He gave, um, he, he gave a story one time, a parable, talking about the importance of foundations. And you, you've probably heard it, but he talks about how there was a guy and he built a house on sand and then storm comes and knocks it over, right? But there's another guy who built his house on a rock and storms came and, and his house was fine. That, that ring any bells, right? So we know that foundations are important. And in a lot of ways, that's what we're talking about this morning out of, out of Colossians, that Paul's gonna show us that walking with Jesus is all about a solid foundation that we then build upon, okay? So if you have a Bible, go ahead and open up to Colossians chapter two. Colossians chapter two with me this morning. Now, as we started this new series uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, we've been talking about how there were some issues uh, going on in this area called Colossae. Paul is the writer of this book. Paul never actually went to Colossae, we don't think. He didn't know these people personally, but he had heard some of the things that were going on. Now, one of the things that was going on was there was some false teaching that was infiltrating the church and infiltrating the area. Um, and there was kind of two main things that they were saying. They were saying that, that, number one, they were saying that Jesus isn't fully God. They were saying that Jesus isn't God and they were challenging his deity. And that's the reason um, in Colossians 1, verse 15 through 20, we get maybe the most theologically rich pieces of, of Christ. Um, doctrine that we have whenever Paul says in Colossians 1:19, no, God was pleased for the fullness of God to dwell in Christ, that he is fully God. So, so Paul attacks that just head on, kicks it straight in the teeth, all right? So they were saying that Jesus wasn't God. They were also saying that there was some kind of special knowledge that only a select group of people could, could attain, that they could, that they could understand. And, and so Paul, again, addresses that head on last week in our text, talking about Paul uses the word mystery. Do you remember that? Paul uses the word mystery there to, to say, uh, we would think of the word mystery to be, uh, again, that maybe there's this thing that we have to figure out, which would play into what they were teaching in Colossae at the time, that there was a select group of people that can understand it. But Paul actually says, no, the mystery of God is that the gospel is not just available to the Jews, but it's available to the Gentiles, which is everyone who's not a Jew, which would be all of us in this room, right? So, so the gospel isn't to a select group of people. No, it's to everyone. That's the mystery. And so Paul is just addressing these things head on. And so the culture of the time was, was kind of hostile towards Christianity. In fact, in Colossians 2 verse 8, it says, be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. That's what he's talking about. He's saying that this, this culture that they were in was hostile towards Christianity that they were basing these teachings off of worldly ideas and philosophies instead of upon Christ. We see that today, don't we? Uh, um, I'm part of a new uh, midweek class that started this past week 
And uh, just want a quick plug. Uh, you still have three more weeks. You can get into a midweek class. There's great options there. But I'm in one that's talking about our culture that we live in and how we interact in our culture. I don't know if you know this or not, but the, the fishbowl that we live, our culture um, that we all swim around in, whether you're, you realize that you're a part of it, that you're breathing it in or not, the, the culture that we live in is, is hostile towards Christianity. Even just carrying the, the title Christian, people are going to look at you and title you different things, whether it's bigot or racist or narrow-minded or dumb, different things. That's how we're viewed in this world. It's, it's funny, this, just this morning, uh, before church, I went by Starbucks to go get my grande Americano with a little bit of honey. That's my drink. And so I went by to get that this morning. It's 7 a.m., and I drove through and uh, this girl, her name's Shiloh, she was, she was there super sweet. And uh, I pull up to the window and she's dressed as a witch because uh, it's Halloween. I guess that's why. Um, it'd be really weird if, if that was not why. But anyway, so we're talking and uh, we're having a good conversation as they're getting my drink ready. And uh, she asked me, she's like, what are you doing today? I was like, oh, I'm going to church. Okay. And so we start talking a little bit. She goes, what time does your church start? I was like, well, it's at 8, 9.30 and 11. And uh, she goes, which one are you going to? I said, all of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm preaching today. And so we, we, we started talking about all of that. And um, she, in her Halloween garb, said, oh, well, sorry uh, that Halloween's on Sunday. That's kind of a bummer, right? And I was like, you don't have to apologize. I love candy. I love costumes. I love the whole, whole deal. But just our culture sees us as being people who are just against stuff, I guess, right? And so even today, this day that is, that is Halloween, um, people think that we are against it. So in this class, this midweek class, uh, talking about culture, uh, we're talking about all the different things that our American culture thinks, how, the, how they view the world. And I want to show you a couple of these. They'll be on the screen uh, here. So whenever it comes to identity, the world's asking about identity. American culture says, just be true to yourself, right? Just be true to yourself. Whenever it comes to freedom, um, our culture tells us just live as you choose as long as you don't hurt anyone. Live as you choose, right? When it comes to happiness, do what makes you happiest and don't sacrifice that for anyone. Whenever it comes to science, how we figure out the world, culture today says the only way to solve our problems is through objective science. Whenever it comes to morality, they say that everyone has a right to decide what is right and wrong for themselves. Sounds like the book of Judges to me. Whenever it comes to history, there's this thought that history is bending towards social progress and away from religion, and that's true. If you look um, back in the good old days, people, whether they identified as Christian or not, would say that Christian values and teachings and the things that our country was kind of founded upon, they would say that those were good things. But today, it's the opposite. They're not good things. They're, they're viewed as negative things. And so that's the culture that we live in. That's the culture that we're raising children in. And we need to understand that right? Not to be afraid of it, but so that we can lean into it and so that we can know how to respond, so that we know what we're building our foundation on. Tim Keller, he's, a, he's a, one of my favorite pastors. He says this, he says, today's culture believes the thing we need salvation from is the idea that we need salvation. 
Our culture today believes the thing we need salvation from is the idea that we even need salvation. And so we're seeing this all around us. Again, it's the, the, the fish tank, the fish bowl that we all live in. It's, it's hostile, right? We see it on TV or movies or social media or politics. It's, it's all around us. You, you've probably heard the, um, the analogy of a, of a frog in a pot of water, right? And if you just put the frog in there, and then you turn up the heat slowly, it'll just stay in there until it's cooked. Man, I don't know if you feel it or not, but the temperature around us is being turned up, right? And so we just need to understand that. I'm not gonna stand up here and say, we gotta fight back against it or, or whatnot. Man, we just need to understand that that is what we are a part of. And Paul's whole point for, for writing to us this morning or writing to the Colossian people is to call Christians to stay true to their faith, to stay true to the things that they know and their salvation. That's kind of the whole point of the book of Colossians, that in verse 13 of chapter one, it says that he has transferred us or he's rescued us from the domain of darkness and he's transferred us into the kingdom of light. We are now citizens of the kingdom of light. And so what does it look like for us to actually live in that? Okay, and so the, that's, that's what he's saying. He's saying stay in Christ. And for us in the culture that we live in, it's so timely for us as well. So that was a long introduction and I apologize for that, but let's go ahead and read Colossians chapter 2 verse 4. Colossians 2 verse 4. Paul says, I am saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. Again, everything we just talked about. Verse five, for I may be absent in the body, but I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well ordered you are and the strength of your faith in Christ. Paul was not in Colossae, he's writing to them. That's what those two verses are saying. Now this is the meat where we're really gonna focus in this morning. Verse six and seven. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him, being rooted, and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. So we're gonna just break this passage apart. Very, and so that's what Paul's saying for us as well, that the time we spend in the word and the time we spend in quiet meditation with the Lord, that's our foundation. And it's gonna keep us secure whenever things try to knock us over. So a lot of imagery going on, right? We got walking, we got trees and rooted and foundations and all these different things. So if we keep all that imagery in mind, walking with Jesus week in and week out, we're not perfect, but we're active and we're rooted in Christ and we're solid on the foundation of the word. All of this, the point in all of it is to show us our desperate need for Christ, it's not about us. We can't do any of this outside of him. And whenever we understand that, then thankfulness or gratitude just begins to overflow out of our lives. Just begins to bubble over for what he's done for us. That's what he says there as we close out in verse seven. He says, overflowing with gratitude. Overflowing with gratitude. Whenever we understand what he's done for us and in us, man, we just can't help but be thankful. When we're walking with Jesus and we know that he has saved us in spite of us, you can't help but be thankful. But the craziest thing is, is that we all do this. 
We come to Christ, we understand that he's done everything necessary for us to experience his salvation, and then we somehow think that we've gotta pick up the ball and run it the rest of the way from there, right? We know that, that Jesus has, has come from heaven to earth, that he died on a cross in our place, that he, that he rose again, that he, like, he was dead, placed in a tomb, and he literally set up and walked out of there. And he offers us salvation, and he says to us, okay, great, now you are mine, you're a son or daughter of the king, and now you better figure out the rest. Right, that's not what he says. It's not what he says to us, but that's how we live sometimes. We figure out, we think that we have to somehow carry the ball the rest of the way, that there's something that we need to do. Or maybe we'll look at other, other believers and we'll see that they've been on this journey a little bit longer than us. They've been walking longer than us and we'll see them all the way over here and we'll be standing there going, man, how, how do I get over there? Like, what do I need to do in order to, to get over there? And we can become envious or maybe we can become frustrated with our own situation and where, where we are. A couple of years ago, my wife and I, we, we were in uh, Colorado. We love to go to Colorado. It's beautiful there. Uh, we, we like just driving around and looking at the mountains and the wildlife and, and all these different things. We also like to hike um, or walk in the woods, let's be honest, <laughs> that's, that's what we're doing. Um, and so we, we like to go check out the different things. And, and I know that we have great hiking places around Arkansas as well. It's one of our favorite things about living here. And um, every now and then, if you're out on a hike, you'll pass somebody who just looks like they hike for a living. You know what I mean? Like they are decked out, head to toe, Patagonia gear. They've got the backpack. They've got not just one walking stick, but two. And I'm like, dude, my toddler is doing the same trail that you are right now. Um, but, but we'll see these people and they're just head down and they are focused, right? Not, not looking at anything. And if we're not careful, we can, we can look at them and go, man, do I, do I even belong out here? Like, am I on the same, should I even be on this same trail as this dude? And so we were in Colorado and we were, we were driving around. We decided to park at this one spot and go for a hike. And so um, my wife and I, Abby, we, we get out and we just start, start walking and uh, we're just walking and we're, we're talking and just kind of taking it all in, looking at stuff, taking pictures. We're talking about how beautiful the flowers are, how much our daughter Adley would just love those flowers. And we're just talking and we're laughing and we're having a good, good time. We're laughing at Patagonia guy and we're just, we're having a good time, right? Before long, we, we get up to this one spot where we could see out and we could see a long way. And we look down and our car was a long ways away. I mean, it was a long ways away. So then we start joking about who's gonna have to go, go get the car, right? But it was all just about this walk and we were on it and before we knew it, we were a long ways down the road. I think that's kind of what it looks like to follow Jesus. I think that's kind of what it looks like to walk with him. We're not so much focused on the destination. We're just focused on walking with him. And so this is good news for us because I want you to see this, all right? Colossians 2 verse six, our main verse today. He says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him. Just as you received him, 
continue to walk. We talked about how you do nothing to earn the Jesus. You do nothing to receive him on your own. And he says, just as that's true, now walk in him in the same way. Live your life in him in the same way. Understanding is it's not about me or what I've done. It's all about Jesus and what he's done. And so our job then is just to be faithful. Our job is just to be active and rooted and built up in him and in his, his word. And we're just actively doing that week after week, day after day. And before you know it, we're gonna look up and be like, how'd I get all the way over here? We're just walking, just taking steps. It's not a sprint, it's not a race. We're just actively trusting in the goodness of Jesus and who he is to sustain us and lead us forward. So let me just ask you, what is Jesus doing in your life right now? Like, what's he doing right now? This week, what's he doing in your life? I think we know, I think we understand what Jesus has done for us in the past. I think we could probably all articulate that, that he, he died on a cross, that he came to this earth, he died for us, and he rose again so that we could have salvation. We get that. We probably also understand what he is going to do for us in the future, that he is one day gonna come back and he's gonna collect his people and he's gonna completely redeem the world back to himself. We understand that. But I'm asking about right now. What's he doing in your life right now? Are you taking steps with him? Are you actively rooted in Jesus? Are you built up on the foundation of his word? and his goodness. What's he doing in your life right now? And then let me ask you this. What steps do you need to take today? What steps do you need to take today in order to be more rooted in him, in order to be built up on the foundation of his word, and just enjoy the walk with your Lord? Understanding that wherever he leads, that's where I want to be. It's not so much about the destination as it is about the walk with our Lord. And so what's he doing in your life today? And let me encourage you, today, just take a step. Take a step with him. Thank you for listening to the preaching and teaching ministry of Second Baptist. We hope that we will see you in person this next Sunday. To find more information about service times, location, and ministry offerings, visit mysecond.family. Thank you for listening.